Oh, I really, really like the running backs. The people who will play the feature role in what's probably going to be the feature component to this offense in 2023. I just don't know if there are enough of them. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into baseball and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Pirates and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Today marks day three of the second week of the Steelers OTAs. I'll be over there on the south side covering that for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hope you'll check out my written stuff. We'll talk about it tomorrow as well. One of the things that you get when you cover any Steelers practice, including in OTAs and the lighter fare in the summertime, is a great, great view of the running backs because they are right there in front of us. They're the closest position group. Eddie Faulkner, the positional coach, works with them. It can't be more than 20 feet away from uh, where most of the reporters are, it's, it's where I tend to sit on a bench and watch uh, unless I'm roaming around and looking in, into one of the other couple of fields. But the running backs are right there. And one of the thoughts that I've had through these sessions has been, I really like Najee Harris. How can you not? Really like Jalen Warren. How can you not? But who's who's going to be the third guy out of this? Because the rest of the group is basically Anthony McFarland and a couple of hopefuls. There's not much there. I'm not being mean. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not, you know, saying so-and-so undrafted free agent has no chance or whatever. I know better than that. I mean, Warren was one. But as I look at this collection that they have right this second, it sure looks and feels like McFarland is going to be the three. And I don't know what that would be based on. McFarland's been around since 2020, since the pandemic season. Week three of that year was when he made his NFL debut. He's played, I'm talking about just getting a helmet in 14 total games in his career. He's never made a start, obviously. He's rushed for a total of 146 yards on 42 carries. That's 3.5 per carry, but the number overall is so small that it doesn't matter in which direction the figures would go because of the sample size. Caught nine passes for 76 yards. I, I mean, I, I reading you his stats, and, and you can't remember in your head a single play other than the one time that Ben tried that uh, ridiculous ridiculous fourth down throw to McFarland. I'm sorry I had to be the one to bring that up into this conversation. You know what I'm talking about, that rainbow prayer down the right side on like fourth and 15 or something for McFarland. And I just remember thinking, really? Really? That's where you were going to go on this desperation play? I have not seen much from him. And the fact that he wasn't even getting a helmet tells you that he wasn't valued enough on special teams to participate. So what's actually happening here? You can't you can't on one hand say that you want to be this team that just grinds it out relentlessly and enter with only two respectable running backs. That's just that's not okay. 
And I know there's probably half of you in listening to this are, are shouting back at me, dude, Benny Snell, Benny Snell, Benny Snell's still available. Benny Snell is still a free agent. Benny Snell football is still there to be had. And Benny, unlike McFarland, was really, really good on special teams. So you'd have double the reason to want to bring him back. You've got the cap space. He's healthy, everything I know. Maybe he's looking for a chance where he's not stuck behind two other guys. Maybe he's hoping for a situation where you get to uh, the preseason and teams start losing this running back or that running back, and then you can go to a team where you can run as part of someone's actual offense. I do know for a fact that that's been Benny's goal all along. As much as he embraced being part of the kick coverage and everything else, he never lost sight of that. He wasn't bitter about it. He wasn't a jerk about it. He went and did what he was supposed to do. So maybe this is on Benny. I'd have to think that it is. But I also would have to think that if you're Omar Khan and you've got this cap space and you've got this priority and you know he can help with special teams, which is not, I know, the sexiest subject matter you know, in which to engage on a podcast or a show of any kind. Oh, yeah. Hey, you sure heard this show today. This guy was talking about uh, special teams and kick coverage. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. Where do I find that? But it's very real in the football world. And as the preseason goes on, actually, this is every year, 90% of the decisions, 90% of the ties get broken by who Danny Smith likes. Who's going to be part of the kick coverage? Who's going to be part of the kick return, punt return, so forth? Benny's your guy. And if you got to pay him a little bit more, then you might usually pay a number three running back or certainly a special teams type. Then go right ahead and do it. And this is the team that was paying Derek Watt three and a half million to be on special teams for several years. You can give Benny a little bit of something, too. I'd like to see Benny back. That's what I'm saying here. I think it would be something that will help the Steelers uh, in an important facet of the game. But also, Benny was pretty good in these situations, if you'll recall. He'd come out there in an emergency role. He would just take the ball and just run forward and fight for his yards. I'll take that. I'll take that. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. who says, DK, I usually agree with you, but regarding the Wednesday show, I have to respectfully disagree. I watched game after game repeatedly, and Mason Cole got pushed back and beat a whole lot more than people speak on. I know without a doubt that it'll show up big time on this year's film as well, especially now that the Steelers have tightened up the rest of the O-line. He is definitely not a Pro Bowl center. Uh, Hamandi, the first thing I have to do is agree with you robustly. He is not a Pro Bowl center. He was not selected for the Pro Bowl. 
So he is not. That is not an opinion. My feeling was that out of everyone who was part of that group last year, that he was the most consistent. I did stress that he was not spectacular. I did stress that he was not perfect. I also stressed, however, that he was playing through some significant pain on that bum ankle of his, which is, by the way, 100% now. But at the time, out of everyone in that group, he was the one who was the most banged up, and he just kept putting himself on the field. I felt strongly about the performance that he delivered on the field. I felt almost as strongly about what he was able to do for this group off the field. After an absolutely catastrophic 2021 for that positional room as a whole, he was the one. He was the one who settled things down. He was the one that allowed the team to at least survive the first half. And then once things got going in the second half, again, despite the ankle, he was able to make things happen. You didn't mention the ankle, I'm sure, based on your apparent intensive knowledge of not only the Steelers, but also O-line play, that you would know that he was hurt and that that would have a significant effect on how often you get pushed back. I am not going to die on this hill. Okay, I am not going to say Mason Cole, superstar center, uh, all pro, not even pro bowl, all pro, someday bound for Canton. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm saying that I really respect what he did last season and that it's hardly out of the question because we've seen it. We have seen it in Pittsburgh where an offensive lineman who really didn't come with all that much pedigree built himself and in short order into a very very good football player who would receive national recognition i'm not ruling that out with this young man that's all i'm saying i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone who listens to daily shot of steelers looking forward to getting back over to otas later today 